The greatest story ever told is a true story. It is a story of adventures, battles, kings and queens, heroes and villains, good and evil, history and prophecy. It is your story. Come join the adventure of the Bible story. Chapter 185 More Miracles of Healing What is the meaning of this shameful behavior? One of the Pharisees demanded. He was pointing his finger at Jesus, who had just sat down with several of his disciples for a meal. You ignored the sacred cleansing rituals. For generations, the Pharisees had taught that before eating a meal, a righteous person had to submerge his hands in water and thoroughly wash them in an elaborate show of purification. At times, the cleansing ritual also had to include any cups, pots, brass vessels, and tables that would be used for the meal. This went far beyond normal washing for good hygiene. The purpose of these rituals was more to show that you were undefiled. The Pharisees said these washings were based on what God said in the Old Testament. God did use physical cleanliness to symbolize clean thinking and clean actions. But by this point, the Jewish leaders had added numerous rules and complications, thinking that these would make them righteous. These additional regulations were referred to as the tradition of the elders. How can you be righteous when you ignore this special ritual? Another Pharisee asked. Jesus stood up and answered them boldly. You hypocrites, he said. He then quoted one of the Old Testament prophets, someone these men were familiar with. The prophet Isaiah was right when he foretold what men like you would do. He wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. The Pharisees' eyes widened in shock and anger. They had read Isaiah's words many times but had never applied that criticism to themselves. They viewed themselves as holy and righteous. Jesus did not stop there. He went on to explain why these men's hearts were far from God, even though they devoted so much time and effort to religion. You reject God's actual commandments, he said. You reject what God says about practical matters like financially supporting your elderly parents. You reject God's instructions so you can keep these traditions of the elders. You think those traditions make you righteous, but they have no spiritual value at all. How can you so highly value man-made rituals, yet treat the true laws of God as if they were negotiable? The disciples eating with Jesus were amazed by his teaching. They saw even more clearly that his teachings were pure and totally free of the hypocrisy in the teachings of the Pharisees and scribes. The Pharisees and scribes, however, walked away deeply insulted and angered. This latest confrontation had caught the attention of people nearby. Jesus called everyone near. As they gathered around, he began to explain what was really at the core of this conflict. These men say a person can be defiled and made corrupt if he accidentally puts a speck of dirt into his mouth while he is eating. But the truth is that it is not what goes into a man that corrupts him. It is the dark thoughts, corrupt words, and evil actions that come out of a person that defile him. The next day, 
Jesus and some of his disciples left the region of Galilee. They traveled dozens of miles north until they arrived on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea in the area of Tyre and Sidon. After they had settled in, a panic knock came at the door. Before anyone had time to open it, a woman's voice began to call through the door. Please let me see him. Please let me in. I need your help, Lord. Jesus was now outside of Jewish territory, but his reputation as a healer and worker of miracles was well known even here. One of the disciples opened the door, and a Gentile woman burst into the house. She knelt at Christ's feet. Have mercy on me, O Lord, you son of David, she said. My young daughter is possessed by a demon. It torments her night and day. I have heard that you can cast demons out of people. Please help us. The woman collapsed at his feet, sobbing. Jesus did not respond. He did not say anything at all, and his silence began to weigh heavily on everyone present. After a few uncomfortable minutes passed, it appeared to the disciples that Jesus did not wish to talk to the woman, so they suggested that he send her away. Jesus looked at the woman with deep compassion and said, I have pity for you, but my father has sent me only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I have not been sent to the other peoples of the world, such as you and your daughter. The woman understood what Jesus meant. She knew that he had nothing to do with our pagan religion and was not offended by his explanation. But still, she persisted. She was determined to do whatever it took to help her daughter. Lord, she said with deep reverence. Please help me, please. Jesus then used an analogy to try help the woman understand. It would not be good to take away bread intended for children and instead give it to dogs, he said. Christ had not come at that time to save the world. He had come mainly to witness to Israel and to die for the sins of mankind. The woman looked up at him. She understood his meaning. She thought about his words and then replied, You speak the truth, Lord, but even the dogs are allowed to eat the breadcrumbs that fall from the children's table. A warm smile spread over Jesus' face. This statement showed remarkable wisdom and faith on the part of this Gentile woman. She understood that Jesus was focusing his message and ministry at that time on the Jews and the people of the other Israelite tribes. But she persistently believed that her own family and other Gentiles, who were not Israelites, could still benefit from his work. Jesus was overjoyed with the childlike faith and humility that motivated this woman's reply. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Great is your faith, woman, he said. Because of this, your daughter is now healed. At that very moment, even though the girl was away at the woman's home and nowhere near them, the demon was cast out of her. She suddenly became a normal, healthy little girl. Jesus Christ and his small assembly of disciples traveled back to the region of Galilee. 
this time to the area of Decapolis. Jesus climbed a small mountain in the area and sat down. Over the next few days, many of the local people heard that the healer and miracle worker was in Decapolis. They went to see him and to ask him to heal their sick friends and family members. Jesus restored sight to many blind individuals. He loosed the tongues of many who had never been able to speak a word. He healed the limbs of those who had suffered injuries or birth defects. Whoever was brought before him, Jesus made whole. His ability to heal, made possible by the power of God's Holy Spirit, was unlike anything these people had ever seen. They were utterly astonished. After seeing him work these undeniable miracles, they praised and glorified the God of Israel. These vast multitudes were so amazed that they did not want to leave his presence. But there was one problem. Up on the mountainside, there was nothing for all these people to eat. These people need to eat, Jesus said to his disciples. They have been with us for three days, and now they have no food. If we send them away as they are, many of them will soon be fainting from weakness. But what can we do? asked one of the disciples. We are in a wilderness. Where are we going to find enough bread to feed the thousands of people here? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. The disciples gathered all the food they had together in a small basket. One of them placed the basket on the ground beside the place where Jesus was sitting. Just seven loaves altogether and a few dry fish, he said. Maybe enough to feed four or five families. Jesus stood up and the crowd grew quiet. Everyone, please sit down, he said. He then bowed his head in prayer and thanked God for the meal they were all about to eat. The short prayer ended and many of those close enough to see the basket of food at Christ's feet were puzzled by his words. Why did he pray as though all of us are going to eat? A Grecian woman asked her husband. I don't know. He answered, There's only enough food in that basket to feed himself and his disciples. Maybe he was just showing us how we should pray over our meals. Jesus picked up a loaf of bread from the basket and broke it giving half to one disciple and half to another. Give it to the people, he told the two men. Then he reached for another. Again, he broke it and gave half each to one of his followers. Give it to the people, he instructed them. Jesus repeated this process over and over, handing out the loaves and the fishes. His disciples had seen Jesus work this same miracle a few weeks earlier, but still they could hardly believe their eyes. They knew there were only seven loaves to start with and just a few fishes. But he reached into the basket hundreds and hundreds of times. And every time his hand reached in, it came back out holding a loaf of bread or a new dried fish. This was another amazing miracle. The disciples followed his orders, handing the food out to all the people present. They kept distributing it until every one of the 4,000 men, plus thousands of women and children, had eaten all they wanted. Just as with the previous time, Jesus had worked a miracle to feed a great number of people, 
there was more food than the thousands of people could eat. Jesus sent his disciples to collect the leftovers, and it was enough to fill seven baskets. Jesus instructed the well-fed and awe-struck people to return to their homes. The people obeyed, and he and his disciples descended the mountain and went to the shore of the Sea of Galilee. They boarded a ship and sailed to the town of Dalmanutha, near the city of Magdala. As soon as the ship docked and they disembarked, Pharisee accosted Jesus. A small group of Pharisees and Sadducees quickly surrounded Jesus and his disciples. Jesus, you man of Nazareth, one of them spoke up. If you are truly sent of God as you say you are, then why don't you show us some sign from the heavens? It should be a very easy thing for you to do. Yes, another Pharisee said. Call down some lightning from the heavens, or call on the moon to turn blood red. Make some of the stars fall from their place in the heavens. Show us a sign. These men ignored the undeniable sign of Jesus' power, evident in all the miracles of healing. He could discern their hearts, and he knew that no sign would humble these men so they would believe that he was the Christ. Jesus sighed. In the evening, you can look at a red sky and know that the next day's weather will be good. But you know that a red sky in the morning means that the day's weather will be rough. You are able to know the weather based on the appearance of the skies but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. It is an evil and adulterous generation that demands a sign. You will be shown no sign of me except the sign of Jonah. To be continued in our next episode and continue the adventure by reading the Bible story. Find it under the Resources tab at pcg.church.